you and the condition that you find yourself and God and his stance towards you. And I could stand and go, here's all of my garbage. And uh, you go, boy, man, Ben, you're really messed up. Or you go, oh, I totally agree with you. And now we're like this. But we all are so messed up and broken in so many different ways. We can just put all of that on my dog, Molly, live vicariously through her, and then feel a little bit more normal about our own garbage, which we're going to take a look at this morning. So imagine this. You and all of your garbage, all of your like beat down, get out of the house, clawed, bloody, rolled in dog poop garbage. That is this, that's where we find ourselves this morning. And it's at that stance that Jesus shows up on the scene in his car and he says this to us. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. If you do me a favor, if you just close your eyes, let me read this one more time, because all of us in our own way are out wandering, are messed up, are beat down by the world, and we're at the end of our rope, and Jesus drives up and says this to us. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this morning and just uh, for an opportunity to have a moment of good news in a world that's chaotic, in our families that are chaotic, in our extended families and friends that are chaotic. Many of us are at the end of our rope. And God, this morning, what a privilege it is to be reminded of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that you are a God who loves us and sees us and invites us into rest. So may we embrace that this morning. Amen and amen. All right. So what I love about this passage of scripture is because for me, um, I have this vision of God that is this big, fiery, ticked off dad. Um, and I don't know if you know that kind of dad. I know that kind of dad, right? That's my vision of who God is. And when you mess up, um, you know if you're going to incur, incur the wrath of your dad. And, uh, and there's plenty of passages in Scripture, too, that kind of like God's like, yep, you're going to be punished and like drops down, you know, fire and brimstone on Sodom and Gomorrah. And there's all these different places throughout Scripture where like God is this ticked off God because his people are so rebellious. And we get that. I mean, for any of us who have parented little kids, like when your kids are little and they go crazy, like this, like for me, it's like this incredible Hulk goes, rah, like you get ticked and you think, but you're so much bigger than your kid. You know, you can, uh, well, you wouldn't spank them because this is Marin, but maybe you would, right? But you would, <laughs> but you would spank them. You would pick them up. You'd put them on their bed. You would like, you are the big adult. They're the little scared kid who messed up and ruined something of yours. And you can physically do whatever you need to pick them up and punish them and yell at them and use all of your adult parental power to communicate that they have screwed up. Because you're trying to teach them a lesson. You're trying to help them build character. That's what I tell myself, right? And that's kind of our position. And so it makes sense because um, that it's in us and it's part of, like, I think, even God's character. He gets mad that we mess up. He gets mad and so we think when we mess up, then that's what's going to happen towards us. And as little kids, right, that's kind of the way you, you parent. But at some point, you can't pick up your kid anymore. You can't spank your kid anymore. You can't put them in a timeout anymore, right? They're going to be like, uh, see ya. They're going to get in their own car and leave. Like, at some point, 
um, a kid is going to do their own thing. And as a parent, you no longer have the number one tool that we have, which is shame and punishment. There's, there's a different way in which we have to engage. And what I love about Scripture and about the New Testament especially is God even paints this picture of Israel. says, you know what? When Israel was a kid, I was like the schoolmaster, right? There were rules and there was punishment. I was trying to teach them a lesson. But as they grew, as they matured, when the Holy Spirit came, right, they were becoming adults. And there's a different way in which God interacted with his people. And the difference is that God no longer is, has the gigantic club ready to crush all of you and me who have totally screwed up. But God instead has this totally different stance. He has this stance of invitation. It's a gentle invitation of, okay, you have screwed up. And you know what? I want you to come back. He doesn't force us to come back. He doesn't drive out and grab the dog by the ear and pull the ear and say, you're coming with me. It's the he says, the invitation is, you get to come back with me, and it's up to us who get to, 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 to how we're going to respond. And I love this, this, this statement here because it's an invitation to the burdened and weary. Now, truthfully, it's an invitation to the whole world, but for whatever reason, only the burdened and the weary can hear this invitation. Because from, depending, like if you think back of your whole life, right, your whole adolescent career, your whole adulthood, right, there's this whole range. Some of you are in the middle of trying to get out of the house and you do not even get burdened and weary because you're like, get me out of this house. My house is what's burdened and weary. And you're going to do whatever sort of death and destruction it's going to take to get away, to experience the world, to try it out there. Sometimes some of us are on that part of the journey where we're already out there. We're at the beginning of that journey and we're going crazy. We love the freedom that we have to try everything. We have no consequences and we are at it. But some of us have gotten to the point where we realize trying to break free from that house, trying to live wildly, at some point we are broken, we are burdened, and we are weary. And it's at that point that Jesus offers us this invitation. And in the story of the prodigal son, that's exactly what happens, right? The son says, give me my, my stuff. I wish you were dead. I'm out of here. And the dad says, okay. Now me, I'd be like, no, you're punished. You're grounded. You're in your room forever. But at some point, right, we have to say, okay, your world, your life, God bless you. And sure enough, the kid goes out, goes crazy, but the stance that God has that Jesus tries to make over and over again is he says, come to me. The invitation is to the broken and the weary. At some point, you are broken and weary enough to go, you know what? Maybe there's a different way, and that's what Jesus offers. What I love is that he, the recognition in this passage is that we are all burdened and weary by something, which means that there's this idea that this yoke, right? A yoke is, is, is a tool that you put over your shoulders that helps you do work. It's an it's, it's a, it's a image of slavery um, that would be kind of, that would keep you under control. And uh, all of us are burdened by something. And in this passage, Jesus was actually talking to people who were burdened and yoked by the religious system. The Pharisees and teachers of religious law kind of laid down this version of Judaism that was oppressive and that crushed and that no one could live up to. And in fact, later on in Matthew, Jesus just rips the Pharisees a new one. It's awesome. You should read it and be like, yes, get after it. And so in this passage, they're like, oh, this is um, the law. It's this religious burden that just weighs them down. But it's not just a religious burden. It could be all sorts of things. It could be the weight of the world. You could have done everything right, but your current life context and situations and the people you rub shoulders in just are devastating, are wrecked, and they've wrecked you and they've caused you burden. And some of it could just be your own dumb choices and awful mistakes. And... Um, and so no matter where you find yourself, whether it's just the context in which you live, uh, the people around you who are broken and messed up, or you and the gazillions of bad choices all piled on, and you find yourself, and you are broken, and you are tired, and you are weary. 
I really hope that you can hear the good news of Jesus. He says, come to me. It says, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Is that such a gift? Do we need to so change our minds and get our head around the idea that God is inviting us to sit on his lap? Come to me, be with me, for I will give you rest. So the very first thing we see is that it is an invitation to the burdened and into the weary, into the weary. This next part, though, is a little tricky, and this is why we don't really want to do it. Because it's, the, it's not only an invitation to the burdened and weary, it's an invitation to once again play by his rules. Because you see, Jesus set up a system, set up the world in such a way that he designed us to live in such a way. And all of us are rebellious, and, and, you know, and that does not work with us. And so the invitation is to say, hey, you've tried it your way. Are you ready to try it my way? He says, take this yoke. We all have a yoke, right? It's the religious system. It's the world. It's our own sin. But we all are a slave to something. And Jesus says, you know what? If you exchange this yoke, take it off and put it on mine and learn from me, you will find rest for your souls. And what I love about Jesus is Jesus is so artistic. Every English major uh, would love Jesus. I'm not an English major, so I barely get it. But uh, what Jesus does is he doesn't just say stuff. Jesus is part of this gigantic Jewish tradition and scripture tradition. And he doesn't just say these random things that everyone goes, oh, that's new teaching. He makes these allusions back to these other teachings that now bring weight to what he says. And when he says, come to me, all of you who are weary, and learn from me, and I will give you rest, he's, uh, he's hearkening back to this uh, passage of scripture. Uh, it's in the Apocrypha, in the, the Sirach, which is a Jewish wisdom teaching. And this is what it says in the Sirach. Put your neck under her yoke, under wisdom's yoke. So put your neck under wisdom's yoke and let your soul receive instruction. It is to be found close by and see with your own eyes that I have labored but little and found for myself rest. And so when Jesus says, take my yoke on you, he's not just saying, it's not just this new teaching. He's saying, you know this wisdom literature, this, this book that we all been studying as part of our teaching that's about wisdom and how wisdom is going to give us rest? Jesus is saying, you know what? I and the personification of, of wisdom. And I think the coolest thing about, Ju- about Jesus is whether you're a Christ follower or you're not, if you put into practice the teachings of Jesus, your life will just be better, right? Because you are made in the image of God. God knows how we're supposed to be. And if you just follow those teachings, right? The golden rule, love others the way that you want to be loved. If you just do that, your life will be better. You don't even have to believe who Jesus is. Just do what Jesus teaches, live how Jesus teaches, and your life will be better. Jesus says, prove that. I mean, I will prove that. So, not, so Jesus is saying, I am wisdom personified. If you want to know how to live, learn from me. I know the wise and good path. But what's awesome about Jesus is, Jesus is he's not just a good teacher. He's an awesome teacher, and you should try to just listen to him and do what he says. But more than a good teacher, he is also God's very own son. God, the author of life, the creator of all things. Jesus is part of the Godhead. Just immediately before that, Um, in Matthew 11, verse 27, Jesus says that if you want access to the Father, it's through me. He compares himself to the Father. So Jesus is actually God. Not only does he have a good teacher, but Jesus says, I actually have authority and know what I'm talking about here. Um, And so this invitation is to recognize that we have to play by the rules that God sets up. And when we do, we are going to be so far ahead of the game. Um, Unfortunately, I have been given zero gifts and abilities when it comes to fixing things. I can break things like 
a, a champ, but I cannot fix things. And it hurts my heart because I'm a man and I feel like it's part of my manly duty to fix things. And, um, and so it all started back when I was 16 and I had this little Volkswagen bug and I wanted to put um, a new muffler on it because a new muffler would be cool on a Volkswagen bug. And so me and my buddy, we got a wrench and we put on this new muffler and we had all these parts left over, but we didn't care. Um, and we didn't follow the instructions and we drove and I remember driving to Sam Rain hitting a, a speed bump too fast because I probably wasn't driving the speed limit and I dropped the whole bumper off my car. And that was kind of the beginning of the, the trajectory of me not knowing how to fix things. And I want to because I want to so bad. Well, I have a history of cars now where every time something goes wrong, I want to fix it, I want to fix it, and I just can't. And uh, it kind of all came to a head, in fact, two years ago. And I'm, it's embarrassing and emasculating, to tell you the truth. But this is what happened. I had, you know, in the back of your car, you have like the little uh, red light, the brake light thing, right? So it somehow was attached to the window. I don't know how it was attached, or screws or something, but for whatever reason, it was, it was not attached. It was hanging down. So just hanging down there. In case, like, you got to fix this, you got to fix this. I could never fix it. And... Um, so I'm like, I know what I'll do. I'll just super glue it. I mean, super glue. I've seen the commercials with the hat, you know, super glue and the whole deal. So I take super glue on there, and it's not working, and it pops right off. And so I go to Ace Hardware. What's the next best thing? And after my fourth trip to the Ace Hardware with duct tape and super glue and Gorilla Tape and about everything on the planet to stick it up there, it was there. It stood up there, and it was perfect except it looked like total garbage. And, uh, and my wife's like, I thought you loved me. You know, I, you loving me is not fixing things. You loving me is taking care of my stuff, you know? So she goes and takes it into a shop, and it's so humbling and humiliating to have your wife take your car into the shop and go, look what my husband did. And, uh, and the worst is he said, tell your husband, never have him fix something ever again. <laughs> you know when the auto shop guy says, tell your husband to enjoy his soft hands forever. It was basically how I heard it. And so the deal is there is a way for things to get done and a way for things to get fixed. And we try so hard to fix it and we just make a mess of it. And Jesus says, you must learn from me. I will do it. But there's a way that you need to do it. And it is so humbling to realize that your way is not always the right way to learn from Jesus and to do it. So the invitation is to the broken and the burdened and weary. And the invitation is also then to realize that our life is to come under uh, Jesus' life. And the, the result is really simple. The result is rest for your souls. I mean, isn't that really what we want? Don't we want to live in a state of rest and of peace? It's not a state of laziness. That's not what Jesus is talking about. Jesus is talking about the state of shalom, of total well-being, of like living into the sweet spot of who you are. And it was interesting as I was preparing this message and thinking back all of the millions of times in my life I felt this and I couldn't come up with one, right? Like it's, we're so full of angst. We're so full of trying to prove ourselves and get after it and be on our own and whatever is the way that we're all broken, that it's rare for us to actually settle down, simmer down and go, oh, I want rest because it is what we all want. We all want this state of wholeness, of shalom. And Jesus says, if you come to me, if you take my yoke on you, if you do the things the way that I tell you to do them, you will find rest for your soul. Well, I think it's interesting that I took, a, I took my son fishing and we didn't catch anything because I'm a dad with soft hands. It's another issue that I'm working through. <laughs> But we went with some dads who, do knew, who did know what they were doing, and they actually caught fish. And, um, and what's interesting is when you, when you think of this, you catch a fish, and uh, you're like, oh, I caught a fish. It's so awesome. But then the fish is out of the water, and uh, it's all squirmy, and you, you take the hook off it, and it's like flapping all around like crazy, right? Because in the fish, 
the, the only thing the fish wants to do is get back in the water. Now, it doesn't even know it because its brain's like this tiny, but it's all, everything in its body is reacting. It's trying to find some way to get back in the water. And if it does by some miraculous ability, which would be for us, which you, oh, look at the fish, and it, it finds some way to flap into the water. And the second it's back in the water, it's like, it's back. It's doing its thing. And what I think is so crazy about the human condition is we're like those fish who are in water, but we go, water, this sucks. And we jump out of the water ourselves. At least in that fish, we had to catch it. We had to fight it. We basically almost had to kill it to get out. But we intentionally jump out of the water onto the land, and then we flap around like crazy, almost dying. And we're going, what's the problem? Why is life so hard? I don't understand. And God's just like, oh my gosh, you guys, you poor people, right? God is looking at us going, like my dog Molly, you are just poor, wrecked people who have rolled in dog poop. You need help. That's how he looks at us. It's true. And when we submit and we say yes to Jesus, that's all it is. It's just a simple saying yes. When we say yes to Jesus, when we're invited to him, what's amazing is that Jesus takes us. He doesn't go in the backyard like I was my dog and just hose us off and go, oh, you dumb dog. He cares for us. He nurtures us. He nurtures us back to health. He restores us. He sits us on his lap. Because the place that we are designed to be is right in the middle of God's presence, not running around trying to fix everything ourselves. And if we want to find peace, everyone wants to find peace. But true peace comes when we actually submit, when we realize that we're broken and ruined and burdened, and we're willing to learn from Jesus because he is the personification of wisdom and he's actually God. He made us. He knows what's up. What I think is amazing about the Christian story and about the Christian message, and even if you're not a Christ follower, it is a compelling message, I think, because all of us as humans recognize that the world is messed up. All of us recognize that our families are messed up. We recognize that we're messed up. We live with this forever angst that something is not right. And the start of the Christian message is simply an understanding that, yes, something is not right. And the thing that is not right is that we are broken and burdened and flawed people who are only hurting each other. And Jesus comes to us and says, come to me and you will find rest. If you'd pray for me and I'll invite the band up and we'll kind of continue on with the rest of our service. Heavenly Father and our gracious God, I thank you for all the pictures that you've given us in Scripture that help combat our messed up version of you being this mad, strong, ticked off dad who just wants to crush us at any chance he has. Forgive me for having such a false and messed up view of who you are. Help me live more fully into the version of you that is found in Scripture. A dad who waits at the end of his property for us to simply realize that we do not have to live this way anymore. A God who is humble and gentle of heart and invites us into the family of God to be daughters and sons to be co-heirs with Christ, to have purpose and value, to do kingdom work so that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, may we submit to that version of who you are so that we may find rest for our souls. And God, what an awesome testimony to our friends and family if we could find rest for our souls and offer that to them as well. We love you, Lord. Amen and amen.